Welcome to Jen Cares, powered by Chosen Podcast, a podcast that brings the community to you. Each week, we will feature a guest that will help us stay in the know. Now, here's your host, Jen Cares. Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Jen Cares, powered by Chosen Counselors. I am your host, Jen Cares, and the founder of Chosen Counselors, a nonprofit organization that seeks to inspire, motivate, empower, and strengthen individuals and families just like you. Uh, Special thanks to the couples from last week. I'm hoping that you have all enjoyed this series thus far. The girl talk, the bruh episode, I'm still getting messages about. And then last week we had the Pratt and Goldsmiths. Whew, don't make no sense. You know, it it was just so good. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, And so happy to have this platform to speak on these needed topics. Last week, we had a couple of questions that did not get answered. Apologies. Um, But I did reach out to them to get some answers for you. So one of the questions was, do you ever struggle in communication? How did you change it? Who knows the answer? Yes, we all struggle with communication. So Pop G said, yes, we got involved with a group of married couples and attended a class on communication with a marriage ministry together. Um, And they also got those mentors and accountability partners. I still love the accountability partner. That is amazing. Not just as single, but also when you're married to help you stay on the right track. Mom G shared, yes, we struggled for years with communication and we're still working on it. She started attending workshops on her own and then prayed for her husband to agree to attend with her. So then they took Mastering the Mysteries of Love Communication twice with a marriage ministry together. I'm sorry, it's called Marriage Ministry Together, Inc. So if you're interested, look them up. Our hearts are open to receive accountability relationships directed by a mother in Zion. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. So the press shared, yes, we struggle with communication and we went to counseling. Mm. And through the sessions, we were able to obtain the tools to effectively communicate our wants, desires, feelings, and expectations. They said we also had to apply what we learned with respect. Mm. They had to respect each other's feelings and concerns, okay? So they had to learn how to deliver the mail in a way that their spouse would listen. And they also had to learn to listen intently without thinking of a comeback, but to really listen. Mm. Another one of the questions was, do you know your partner's love language? And they both shared, yes, we know our uh, partner's love languages. Um, And they actively work to sow into them. Now, I just want to put in a plug about the love languages. I love Gary Chapman. I love his book. Um, However, our love languages change over time, okay? So you want to be able to uh, reevaluate every so often what that love language is. And solely on that love language, there's still some more things to do to show and express love to our loved ones. So you want to be able to um, do that love language, but still do all the other things you want to do to show that person how much you truly, truly appreciate them being a part of your life. So thank you so much to the Pratt's and the Goldsmiths for answering those questions. Tonight's segment is, what's love got to do with it? Now, Miss Tina Turner said, who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Miss, excuse me, Miss Turner, I need a heart because um, I need the heart to pump the blood to the organs so that I can be alive. Yes, the heart gets broken, but we can live beyond that broken heart. And tonight we're going to talk about a little bit of that, how to mend broken hearts, um, 
the reality of broken hearts, you know? Woo-hoo, let's get, let's get, let's get up. I forgot. It is now time for our Dear Future Husband segment. Now, tonight's Dear Future Husband is, Dear Future Husband, please do not be like Chris on Married at First Sight Season 12. Love your future wife. Now, I know I said that before, but I had to say it again because Chris is out of pocket. He needs to get himself together. Let us say a word of prayer for him. Amen. I needed an extra second because he's really doing a lot. He's overwhelming me. Uh, Dr. Pepper and Pastor Kyle, I'm disappointed. Yep, and I'm blaming you guys because you guys are on the front line. But whew, now that I got that out the way, let's get into the show. My goal is to normalize therapy. We want our mentals to be healers, I remembered, and we want to always talk about mental wellness. I'm excited to hear feedback. Tonight, we have two amazing guests, two amazing therapists, and I am so, so, so grateful to have them with us on tonight, and I want you to help me welcome them to our show. There we go. Good evening. Thanks for having us, how y'all doing? Great. Great. So did y'all hear my dear future husband? Do y'all watch Married at First Sight? Oh my goodness. I don't. <laughs> oh, I share your sentiments, Jen. Chris is on my last nerve. He's on my last nerve. He got married, Trish, and he wasn't ready. Was he should not have been on the show. No. Dr. Pepper and Pastor Kyle need to go back into the room. But you know. Well, you'd be surprised how many people get married and they're just not ready. This is true. This is true. You're absolutely right, which is why we're going to talk tonight. Ah, So we always start off here with a quote of the day. And today's quote of the day is, bum, bum, bum. forgiveness is the oil of all relationships. Again, forgiveness is the oil of all relationships. What are your thoughts on that, ladies? I love the quote. Um, I think, you know, uh, at first glance, when I first um, looked at it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. You know, in relationships, you do have to forgive. But as I really sat and thought about it, I was thinking to myself, but it's in all relationships, right? Even the relationship with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea to me is like really about like forgiveness is an act of love to yourself. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because in order for you to be able to move throughout life and open yourself up to opportunities for more love, more relationships, more um, r- more opportunity to be in relationship with other people, you have to forgive. Mm-hmm. And you forgive not for the people who have done you wrong or who have hurt you, but for yourself. For yourself. Go ahead. That's the problem. And it's so kind of add on to what Tiffany said. Um, forgiveness is not because a person has asked for it or even because they deserve it. It's because we deserve peace. And how can we love others when we can't love ourselves? That that's, you know, our, our compassion for ourselves. And and the thing about that, that quote, again, I had to double take, look at it too, because I'm thinking, wow, but the truth is we're human beings mm-hmm. and we all make mistakes. We all disappoint one another, but the mm-hmm. truth is how can you even begin to to build or rebuild anything if you don't forgive. There are certain things, yes, definitely, that are going to take a lot longer than others and certain things that are just out there and you sometimes can't come back. But if you can't, if you can't even think about forgiving, then there's no reason. How do you go forward? 
very true, very true. Forgiveness is the oil. I like it because it helps you to keep moving because mm -hmm. something is going to happen that you're not going to like. Yep. Something's going to happen that's going to be on the tip. And I'm going to forgive Chris. All right. I'm going to forgive Chris for the fool that he's doing on national TV. Um, doesn't mean I like it, but I'm going to forgive him. But you know, somebody's going to do something that we don't like and we want to be able to forgive them because it's for us to give us that peace so that we can keep going forward. Because if I keep being mad at Chris, then another person comes along, a guy comes along, he reminds me of Chris, I don't know, I'm going to hold that against that person. And so many times that happens in relationships as well. Mm. That's where the boundaries come in. That's where the boundaries. You know, what are boundaries? Uh, boundaries are basically saying, listen, this is what I need. I can respect your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors, your beliefs, but you end at one place and I begin at another. I can respect yours, but I also need you to respect mine. I'm protecting me as well as protecting you. Mm. So good, so good, so good. Okay, so for this month, we also started a two questions and a movie or TV show that eases in. So my first question was, um, with the guys, the bra segment episode, we talked about the movie Acrimony and um, the component of your friends being in your ear as it relates to being in a relationship. But if I go to a counselor and do the tell-all, what's the difference between a friend's being in my ear and me going to that counselor selling everything? I never saw that movie, but um, the difference is that a therapist or a counselor has really no stake in what the outcome is. Whereas your girlfriends, your your homies, your family members, they they may have a stake in what happens, and so their their advice or the information that they share with you might be um, geared towards what they think should happen for you or what they think you should do. Um, as a therapist, I don't, I don't have that um, expectation. And so really my job is just to help you figure out, you know, how to best care for yourself and how to best get what you want out of that relationship. And I also think that um, friends and family involved, other than just the bias they have for you, they're always going to be on your side. Um, that objective listener, the person that's looking at the facts of the information, they're also not telling you what to do. Any good therapist is going to lead you to your own conclusion. It's gonna get you to where you need to be. So, you know, the counselor's job is not to give you advice. It's to lead you to what your choice is based on your values and your wants and your needs. Mm -hmm. That's good already, good already, okay. Question number two, what would you say is the foundation of any relationship or the best foundation? Mm -hmm. Two things trust and communication. You have to be able, and, and communication can be anything, but I, real clear and loving communication. You can tell anybody anything bad if you communicate in a loving, caring way. But at the same time, you also have to trust the person who's giving the communication and the person receiving it. Because that's where I think in relationships we get into trouble. It says, oh, I love my husband or my boyfriend, but I'm afraid to tell them how I'm feeling because they're going to react a certain way. So if two people can come together and say, we need to communicate, so I'm willing to listen to what you're going to say, and I need you to listen to what I'm going to say, come to that happy medium. So communication and trust. I need to trust that you're going to listen to hear and to understand and not just to answer. Communication and trust, right? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely say communication. 
Uh, one of the things that I think most people would say trust, but how can you trust someone if you don't even know what their expectations are, what their needs are, what their beliefs, what their values are? If they can't communicate that to you, then how can you trust that they have your best intentions at heart or that they um, trust what they that they are want to be in relationship with you? How can you trust that if you're not if they're not able to communicate it to you? Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Okay. So now our movie. Are we ready? I can, you have to check out everybody. I'd like to talk to you um, after you've seen it. Have you seen it, Trisha? Yes. Okay. I want to talk to you on the therapy side of what your thoughts were. So we'll have a chit chat. But the movie for the night that we're going to talk about, um, a couple years ago, A Thin Line Between Love and Hate came out, mm -hmm. where a lady meets the woman um, that is not about sharing and may have some other things going on. Um, what were your thoughts on the relationship with Martin being with? Well, one, he was with two different ladies. Mm -hmm. um, but then one showed that thin line between that love and hate of how I loved you, but because you did me bad, now I got to cut you. Now I got to kill you. Now I got to do this. <laughs> what are your thoughts on how that thin line, how thin is that line? And how can it be um, strengthened through communication and trust? Yeah, I think that line is very thin when you don't communicate your intentions. Right. And so when you are um, joining with someone else in relationship and you're not explaining to them what your expectations are, what type of relationship you want to have, what does that look like for you? What type of relationships have you been in in the past? When you don't communicate what you want from that person, then that's when the lines get blurred. And then when people get to choose and make their own assumptions about what the relationship really is. And mm -hmm. I think that happened in that movie. Yeah. Um, and I also think that we're we're in a generation where everybody is so quick. They want that immediate gratification, right? So whenever someone brings up something that they want to communicate, they want to communicate, it's like, oh, we can worry about that later. Or, you know, let's let's do this now. We can worry about creating all that later. And the thing is, like Tiffany was saying, the the expectations. If we haven't set, I'm telling you, I can't tell you the last time. You know, you meet somebody at a table for a date. They have something in their mind about what they're looking for. You have something in your mind about what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. When you try to bring up those topics, oh, why are you so serious on the first or second or third date? Why do we got to talk about those types of things? Can't we get to know each other? My thing is, as, as an educated, as a loving, you know, Latina woman, yes, I can be passionate all I want. But how about we communicate about those expectations? Yeah. This is what I'm looking for, and this is what I'm looking for. The funny thing is, you could be looking just for physical, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not looking for that. I might be looking for long-term. So how about we be adults that we're supposed to be? Yeah. You tell me that you're looking for the physical and give me the opportunity to make that choice and mm -hmm. say, well, I'm sorry, um, I'm not looking for that. So good luck on your journey. You know. So it's those again, it's those expectations. We all just want to be loved. But if we don't communicate, that thin line does find its way into a very dangerous place. Yeah. So honestly, man, I'm telling you, honesty and communication can stop so much drama. It's ridiculous. If you just let people talk about what they need, you talk about drama free. That's as drama free as you can get. Honesty is the because like you said, um, being open to share whatever it is that's going on. Like, you know, I really didn't like that you did X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. If you don't tell them that you didn't like them doing X, Y, and Z, guess what? They're, They're going to keep doing it. Yeah. So that's yeah. it. 
So I'm going to also Jen just real quick, like, um, you know, when you're talking about needs, right? What mm -hmm. if I don't know what I need. Then how can I communicate that to you? And then how do you know, right? Mm -hmm. I hear that so often. I, I, you know, working with couples and and asking them like, how do you communicate your needs to your partner? How does your partner know what you need in a certain situation? And people don't even they don't even know what they need. They have no idea. And so it, it's hard to have somebody live up to expectations that you don't even you don't even know what you have. Yeah. How about this one? I don't I can't speak for anybody but the Latino community. But for some reason in the Latino community, our men seem to feel my my woman, my wife, my partner should know what I need. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I don't mind read. Actually, that's yeah. one that's one of those cognitive distortions, mind reading. Mm -hmm. You know, you're getting yourself in more trouble because I can't just divine knowing what you need if you but if you don't know yourself, how, how am I going to be able to help you if you don't even know what you need? Yeah. So good. And we're saying like relationships as in like a significant other. Um, it could be any, any relationship. Any relationship. I have a 14 year old daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Honey, I can't, I can't help you if you don't tell me what you need me to do. Mm -hmm. Because I need you to be able to cope. Right. So I'm not just mm -hmm. going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. I, I need you to actually say, Mom, I need this. Mom, I need something as simple as deodorant. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. If you don't tell me what you need so that I can help provide it or help you get to it. I, I can't read your mind and I'm mm -hmm. not going around smelling you. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that's good right there, too. Something as simple as deodorant. Right. So you're walking around, you're a little functified right now in the wintertime. They say if you smell during the wintertime, it's really a problem. But the summer and spring is approaching. So if you're walking around, you need deodorant and you didn't vocalize that you need deodorant. You're going to smell that after a while, too. So when something is wrong, you smell it. Mm -hmm. You know it. But you have yeah. to be able to speak. A, or take action. I need to go get deodorant. Hey, mom, I need deodorant. Or the deodorant that I'm using is no longer working. We exactly. Got exactly. That's good. That's good. That's good. I like it. I like it. I like it. So I cheated a little bit because I put another movie. I also love <laughs> Jersey Girl. Um, and it's the original one. The one with Jamie Gertz and Dylan uh, McDermott. McDermott. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. so. In this movie, Toby is changing who she is to impress a man. She crashes his car, crashes into his car, and then offers to like do these monthly payments that's like bare minimum. But it's her way to stay in contact with him for like months to come. Um, you know, her thing of you know, did I make the payment? You know, gotta call you. You know, I can't make the payment. I got you know her way of trying to stay connected to him. Um, but after a while, you know, she. She couldn't meet the expectation of what she was saying for herself or what she thought she could be for him. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, are you going to take me as I am or not? Because I can't not keep on ears and things that sort. Let's talk about that in the expectation world of us um, or people in general trying to live up to an expectation that's unrealistic. One, for ourselves, because we're not being true to ourselves. But then that could be unrealistic to the person that we're putting all this fame and fashion on for. Yeah. Well, not not to be bringing like all personal stuff, but as someone who's been married in the past and, you know, am a little bit older in life, um, we definitely, I think as women, we, we sometimes feel that we need to do that. 
You know, um, again, I come from the Latino culture where not so much now, but when I grew up, it was more like if you weren't married or in a relationship by a certain time in your life, then you were an old maid. You know, you weren't really worthy of the respect of the family and the friends and the community where that's a lot different now. And I think women have are just now starting to understand that they as individuals are just as important. And it goes the same way for the guys. You know, we want and need to be wanted and needed for who we are. That's human nature to understand and be understood. So the thing is, sometimes good things come to those who wait. It's hard, right? It's 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 difficult to wait. But the truth is, do you want something immediate? Like I can do bad all by myself, you know? So do you want to be somebody that you're not and constantly put on those airs and be trying so hard. Man, at the end of the day, you're so tired trying to be who you think that person wants that you're actually too tired to give them who you actually are. And most of the times, the person that we think that they want is not the person they're actually wanting. The person that they think that they want. Because we get so caught up, people placing things on our outer that we don't know what inside is. I was talking to like one who uh, she's um, has passed on now, but we were talking, and she was like, "Jennifer, you think he's looking at the cover of the book? He's looking at the pages." I said, mm, "Because the pages really show who the person is, and sometimes you're putting on airs for this outer person, and then you're talking to them and find out they don't even care about that, or you find out that they don't care about some things that are important to you, like putting on deodorant." It's interesting. Yes. And a lot of times those expectations that we put on ourselves, they're they're made up expectations. They are, you know, figments of our imagination in terms of like what we want people to see from us or how we want people to perceive us. Right. And like you said the reality is a lot of times they want to see you. They just want to know who you are. And that's going to be what is um, the difference between someone being able to be in relationship with you or, or saying goodbye. Yes. Mm. I so stress the importance of like being yourself because the honeymoon stage comes to an end. Um, they're going to see the real world. What is it? Um, is it I'm going to get you sucker? Whatever movie it is where she starts taking like all her body parts off and you find out, oh, wait, yes. you are a totally different person. You know, they're going to see the difference between you with makeup, with no makeup, um, having a space on or a shape or foundation. Um, they're going to see those differences. The friends, you know, I have some friends. I'm putting myself out there because everybody, women wear hats sometimes. Hats is also a nice wig, a hairpiece, and things of that sort. You know, I'll be talking to some friends. I'll be like, yeah, let me take this off because we're okay with that. I, you know, accepting you flaws and all the things of that sort. But every relationship, after a while, they just say, that wasn't your hair. Oh, I like your hair as it is. You know, I love Pretty Woman. You know, she wore the wig in the beginning. And then he was like, I loved your red hair. Be who mm -hmm. you are. That is beautiful. Be who you are. You are beautiful and uniquely made. And that is who you are. Yeah. So good. So you, good. You're, actually, you're actually saying something that I, that I was thinking about. It's like, um, if I can be me and someone can love me for me the way I am, right? then when you actually do put in that extra effort, they're gonna be like, oh man, I loved you and adored you then. Look mm -hmm. at this, this is for me. This is what God has created for me, my helpmate and all of these things. 
we just spend we spend so so much time worrying about people's thoughts that we're not realizing that love, true true love, whether it's family, friends, it it transcends all of those physical things. Real friends can tell you how things are in a loving way. And you say, you know what? I don't like you right now, but I still love you. You know? So if we can, if we can do that, if we can be ourselves, imagine how wonderful we'll feel because it feels so natural to not always have to fake in something, to not always have to worry about what are they thinking about me? Because honestly, I say this, no matter what people say or think about me, doesn't change my reality. And so therefore, what people say and say about me is not my concern and none of my business. Yeah. All the energy you put into trying to be someone else, right? And then it's limited energy for you to even engage in that relationship that you think you want so bad. Now you can't be in be present with the person because you're so busy worrying about what they're thinking about who you are or who you're who you're putting out there to be. All of that, all of that. Ooh, so good. Now, and that was only our warm up. I hope we get to some of our good questions. I got some good ones here. But as always, you know, I've, I've prepared some questions, friends. But again, be sure to drop a comment or thought over here. Let's see what you are saying. Urban Evangelist said, immediate gratification isn't worth it in the long run. Absolutely. Hey, Mama Wanda, she said, we are not mind readers. We are not. But also know that they are not mind readers either. If you have a friend mm -hmm. and you're doing something um, or they're doing something that you, don't, that you don't like, it's not until you tell them that they can really change. Jesse said, sometimes we are conditioned to think this way, so it's working through that. Absolutely. They got to work through that. I don't really imagine that. A hair, hat, wig, scarf, bonnet, all of it, you know? <laughs> They'll be like, oh, that's who you really are. Wait, this looks <laughs> like a rat nest sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So it is group therapy time. We're going to um, discuss the aspect of relationships, um, uh, benefits we're learning, um, we have learned some benefits of individual therapy, but we also want to talk about benefits of therapy during a relationship. We mm -hmm. have a friendship. Um, some friends go to therapy. Um, because if we're honest, tell the truth, you ever had a friendship, um, really just a friendship, nothing different, just a like, cool friend, best friend, and then y'all not best friends no more because something happened? That's mm -hmm. a heartbreak. You know, and sometimes yeah. you want to process through that um, because you want to um, review what did I do, what could I do differently, or what to do. Really finding out what it is and what was that to go off track. Um, so, what is couples counseling? What does that look like, ladies? I mean, I think it depends on the couple, right? And, and it really depends on what their goal is. Sometimes people come into therapy as a couple because they're not sure if they should be together. Sometimes people come in because they just need a refresher and they've been together for a long time and because they've grown and, and started to change some, now they need to revisit what does that mean to be together now that we've grown, right? Um, I think it just kind of depends on on the person and what, what really is their goal. Yeah. And I also think sometimes um, one of the issues, because there are com maybe communication issues, they go into therapy thinking, well, we're here because it's the other person's issue. When mm -hmm. you go into the couples therapy or to the friendship therapy, 
what you tend to find out if the therapist is a good therapist, you're going to find out this is not a me problem. This is not a you problem. This is a us problem. Mm-hmm. We both are a part of this and both of us have our part, you know, because it's not just one person or the other. They may have the issue, but you played a part in that. Mm-hmm. You you contributed to some of that. And so sometimes that's the good part of going is you're, you're totally, you don't know anything about therapy. So you're totally uneducated about what it's supposed to do. And you don't see the use in it. But then when you get there, hopefully it becomes a, a thing where you start to understand this is about growing. You know, this is about saying, okay, both of us have changed as people. How can we come back and still utilize what we've changed to be together, to grow together? And to, you know, especially girlfriends, you know, how can I stop your crown from falling off and help you to straighten it, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to say, you know what, I'm really owning our own stuff. You know, I'm really sorry that my attitude or the way I saw something made you feel this way. This is how I feel. But you know what? I'm here to support you and vice versa. So instead of knocking each other's crowns off because we're mad, how about if I give you mine and you give me yours and then we could do this kingdom thing together? Hmm. That crown thing is always a big one in the female community because sometimes um, we don't always do good adjusting somebody else's crown without saying anything. We have to say everything. Oh, child, no, I gave her $5. That's why she was able to get that. Or exactly. yeah, I told her she should marry him because I knew. But the things that we say and the things that we do, we don't understand. Even to total strangers, I will never forget. I was at one of my daughter's um, cheerleading things at a football game. And I saw this lady struggling. She was struggling. I don't know what about. And it didn't really matter. And something put it on my heart that I said, I I gave her something. I don't know if it was a bottle of water or something because it was hot. And I said, excuse me, ma'am. And she turned around and I saw she had been crying. I said, would you, you know, do you, would you like this bottle of water? And she said, thank you so much. She's like, you don't even know me. And out of nowhere, I said, you know what, honey? I said, we need to learn to straighten each other's crowns because we don't know what each other's going through. And you just seem like you were having a hard time. Can I tell you the smile she had on her face? And so, we, we don't realize in, again, all relationships, even stranger relationships, right? This is the first time I'm meeting you, Tiffany, but I want so much to be someone that this works together, you know, that we're bouncing off of each other. Because when you succeed, even strangers, when you succeed, I succeed. Yeah. So why am I going to shoot myself in the foot when we can, we can do this together, you yeah. know? And I think that's really important too, just what you said about doing things together, even when you th- look at couples, right? Sometimes they come into to couples work and they point the fingers at each other, right? And it's like, you did this, you did, it's the blame game. And the reality is if they don't work together, then you're going to miss the whole point of what you're trying to do. Um, so I think it's really important that in any, any relationship, it takes two people to be in it. It does. Absolutely. I like the blame game too. Um, I was joking around because like, if I'm pointing at you. Someone's pointing back at me. It's coming mm-hmm. back at me. And if we're yeah. honest, we played a part too. So, um, yeah. and that's always hard because nobody wants to admit 
Um, yeah, I know, I know they upset because X, Y, Z, but what did you do to change that? Again, any friendship, any relationship, there are some things that we could have did different. You know, sometimes we get on that petty train. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes we get on that tick the tech train and we have to be careful because as Sandra said, anything that you value is worth invested in. So we want to be able to, if we value this friendship, we don't want to go tip for tech because then we're going to mess it up. We have to know how to put ourselves on the back burner sometimes and know when to put ourselves on the uh, front burner. But we also want somebody that's going to support us and encourage us to be just as grand as we're supporting them to be just as grand. When we're talking about friendships and relationships. Now, there's some people that come around that you'll support that may not support you because it was just the sister that you saw at the game, you know? It was just that season, was that moment. But those people that support our lives, we should be communicating. Um, sis, I've been supporting you, but I feel like you're not supporting me. Like, you say you're my friend, you're my sister, you're my role. Bro, like, what's going on? Whoever it is, you want to be able to communicate that. So good, so good. Um, so we talked about expectations a little bit. We talked about um, the blame game. Um, so we're doing good, we're doing good. Um, my next question is, let's talk about the power of words. Mm. Um, when we get to those blame games, we say, you always, you never, my way or the highway. So what, why should we be careful or precautious when it comes to those words? I mean, language is so important, right? Because you can say the same thing two different ways and someone's going to get a different message based on what you're saying right? Your tone of voice, your body language that you use, you could say one thing and change your body language or change your tone of voice. And that changes the message that the other person hears. And so it's really important to be intentional with your words, um, not only with your partners, with your friends, but also with yourself, right? Um, you know, you if you're talking negatively to yourself, then your thought process is going to be negative and that's going to impact your ability to interact with people in a positive way. And so thinking about and being intentional about your language is really important, especially in relationship with other people. Yeah. Um, and also we need to realize that once the words come out, you can't unring the bell, okay? And we say things in anger that we would never say in love. And sometimes the things that we're saying in anger is not because we feel that about them, but we feel that about ourselves. And the worst thing you want is to say something so hurtful and so painful that you didn't mean. And you could potentially ruin that person's whole entire view of their own lives. Um, someone very close to me um, has been married for 20 something years. And her husband said to her, cause she had lost her job, you know, and um, he said to her that she was a burden. And it's not that he thought she was a burden because she's always helped him. It's that the fact that he said that she then felt like a burden. And he later came back and tried to say, no, I don't feel that way. I'm just feeling inadequate. But the unfortunate thing is once he said that, it actually changed the trajectory of their whole marriage. So the things that we say, we have to be very careful whether we mean them or not. Because once you ring the bell, you can't unring it. You can forgive, but you will never forget. And then that causes any relationship to be that distance. Oh, now I'm afraid to say anything because how are you going to take that? And then how are you going to use it against me later? Let's sit here for a second because I can't tell you, I have some... Mm. 
I have encountered some people in life that have done me wrong and I had to forgive them because mm -hmm. who Jennifer is. And they treaded on that forgiveness because I still had to interact with them to whatever degree, you know? Um, and that's so, that's so big when people, you know, it, it changes everything. So like for somebody to forgive you, to verbally forgive you, and then you tread on that, that can cause that shift. And that's so big, you know, really being careful. They say you like, once that egg is cracked, it can't go back in. Once that bell is rung, you can't go back. And you have to be so careful because words have power. Mm -hmm. As simple as I'm saying burden, you know, that wasn't the word that he probably should have used. And we have to be careful when we're mad at your shit, not to say stuff. You know, there was one time I was like, I was really upset. Something happened. And somebody was in the car and they was asking me stuff. I said, this is really not a good time for me to respond. Because I know me. You have to be honest with yourself. I knew that I was not in a place to really respond to give a uh, mature response. I was still in my moment of, did they just really step on my toe? I'm trying to scream in whatever way, but I have to be quiet and bite my tongue for a second before I can let it out because it can change the whole trajectory of a situation. Uh, I used to work in corrections. And so even in my job, the words that you say can definitely escalate or de-escalate a situation. And so it's not that we don't have to stand up for ourselves. And I think people mistake that. Well, I'm not going to, you know, like if somebody steps on your toe, well, I'm not just going to stay toe-stepped. Like, no, nobody's saying you have to. But choose the words that you use. Even if you, you can tell somebody to kick rocks in the most loving and supportive way. I actually said something to someone the other day. They said, wow, you just told me to go around the corner and get lost, and I didn't even feel offended. That's the boundary thing, because I'm being assertive, not aggressive, not passive. Because when you're passive, you don't get what you need. When you're assertive, you're totally disrespecting somebody else's feet. So yes. I think it's important too to point out the, the power of not using your words, right? And so when you don't use your words, you give other people the opportunity to determine what it is that you feel, think, expect, understand, or want. And so when you're not telling people what you need or what's important to you or what you value in yourself and them and, and what you what you see for yourself, then you give them the opportunity to infer from whatever you choose to do and make their own ideas about what that means. And so then that, that creates another layer of miscommunication and messages being um, missed. And so it changes the trajectory of the relationship. You know, another thing we have to be careful of, this is good, um, is how somebody can use a word that's a good word, but the because of your past experiences is bad. So like you say, oh, you look fat. What? You know, you're ready to go off. But he's like, no, pretty hot and tempting. So the P-H-A-T. But your mind first here is fat. I'm like, what? You know, I've been trying to work out. I've been trying. Whatever is going on in your mind. So it's like sometimes it's the worst. So you have to communicate in those moments. And the hard part, too, is, you know, it's kind of like growing up. It was like, um, so you get in trouble with your parent. Um, they let you go to sleep, but then they wake you up and they get you. And you know why you got in trouble. But the way too is that sometimes in relationships, we wait a little longer. And we let a buildup come 
And then it's a whole mess because it's just a whole bunch coming out of things that sort. So you have to, again, yes, use your words to communicate and let that person know how you're feeling, what you're thinking, how it made you feel. Not saying, you always tell me I'm fat. No, I feel like I'm really fat when you say I'm fat. And it was like, no, babe, that's not what I meant. I mean, you're pretty high and tempting. You my sugar. You know, so then they let you know. So like with the burden as well, um, sometimes it can turn around and work out good. But sometimes it can't. So that's why you want to be so careful with the words that we choose to use with those who we say we value being in our lives. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. y'all comments. I'm going to get over there. I'm going to get over there. It's, it's a good session right here. It's a group session right here. So last week, we had some amazing couples. They shared, um, they've been married uh, a total over 64 years, both couples together or together. Um, so we talked about premarital counseling and marital counseling and the benefits of it. Um, I was working with a young man um, who wanted to do therapy with his uh, significant other and things of that sort. And what I shared was that, you know, it's great for you to do individual work. It's great for y'all to do couple work um, while y'all in this relationship because y'all went from friendship to relationship. But then once you get married, it's great for you to do therapy again because the level changes. And then while you are married, it's good for you to have check-ins. Let's talk about that, of how to keep things going when you can't do it within your two, um, your unit, how to seek out support and the benefits of seeking that support of somebody that can help you process and work through those things. Well, I think the one of the most important things to understand is, um, and I know this in in the minority, you know, in, in my community, it's just because we're seeking outside assistance does not mean that they're going to run the relationship. And there's nothing wrong with getting a professional's viewpoint or assistance. That doesn't, you know, because I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, even as an individual, why am I going to see somebody else if you and I can't work it out? Or what happens in this house stays in this house. That's part of the problem because clearly what's in this house is not working. So we need, it's not because we want somebody in our business. It's not because we need somebody else's opinion or that we're not able to do this. It's that the tools that we have are clearly not helping us. And maybe we need to find other tools from a professional, somebody who deals with this day in and day out in order to assist us, not tell us what to do, not change us, but to help us become what we truly wanna be. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember too that um, therapy can help at any stage of a relationship. And there doesn't have to be something wrong for you to go into couples work, individual work. It could be that things are going really good and you want to maintain that. And you want to be able to highlight those tools and those skills that you have that you're using that's keeping you in a good place, right? And and sometimes it, you need an outsider to help you figure those things out. Yeah, it's working, but I don't know why. 
What what are we doing that's helping us to continue to do well in this relationship? Sometimes you need an outside person to be able to come in and say, you're doing this. This is great. This is helping you be able to achieve this goal. These are some uh, additional skills or techniques that maybe you can use to continue to move forward. You need that additional help sometimes. And it's totally okay to do that at any stage in the relationship. So good. So good. Now, now I want to put a um, disclaimer out there because um, friends of therapists can be interesting, you know? Um, sometimes a friend will call me and um, I'll say, which gen do you want? Do you want therapist gen, big sis gen, mother gen, aunt gen? Like, let me know which gen you want. Because gen, petty gen, you know, cause I'm getting on the petty train with you too sometimes if they doing you dirty and you my friend. I'm like, yeah, girl, do that. Uh, yeah, boy, do that, whatever like that and things that sort. But then um, I had one friend and I'll be t- she'll be talking and I'll get quiet. And she said, all right, let me know. Cause you know, I done processed I done took it in and now I'm about to give back, you know, the therapy and things of that sort. So also knowing like letting friends know what it is that you want from them. Do you want them to give you feedback? Do you want them to give you support? Do you want them to just listen? All types of relationships, because sometimes you could just be venting and it's not that you want them to say anything. You just had to get it out. You know, the other day I was in my bed thinking negative, not negative, but sometimes we could overthink. And I was overthinking the situation. I wrote out this long thing. I sent it to one of my friends. And she was like, okay, that was nice. I liked how you communicated that. Um, but I don't think you should send that. You need people to be that buffer and things of that sort. But you also need to be able to get it out. So if you, they, um, they say like, you know, write the email, but don't hit send. Please don't hit send. Lord, <laughs> write the text. Write it in a note instead of a text, you know get it out or that trusted friend that you have send it to them because you felt like you did send it to somebody or create like a spam email address whatever so whatever it is that you need to do to get it out but just don't get it out until you really slept on that thing because sometimes we can get something out and be like oh that's how you really feel you know that could be great um that could change the, tra- tra- <laughs> the trajectory of a relationship <laughs> so you know what are your thoughts on that of how to vent and get things out when things are overwhelming journals because you again in the day of electronics it is so easy to make a mistake good old-fashioned pen and paper and do it in the moment that you feel it right because one that takes it out of your mind you've said what you need to say and then later like you said sleep on it if you think that that's something that really does need to be said then you could read it 24 hours later tweak it and then send it in a more, you know, calm frame of mind and, you know, thinking through the words that you're going to use. But it's important because if you don't get it out somehow, whether it's electronically, journaling, they have electronic journals, whatever it is, you keep ruminating on it and you're going to keep worrying about it. And the funny thing is, when we have stuff in our mind, it could be one or two things. It feels like a mountain in there. But when you write it down, you actually can see it's not as big as it feels. And I think that's a good point too, especially writing it down, right? That goes back to the idea about being um, mindful of your words. When you write it down, you get to see what it is that you're trying to say, and you can see what it looks like and what it might sound like when someone else hears it. So if you're not writing it down and you're just speaking it out loud in the moment, you might might truly say some things that you don't mean. You might truly say some hurtful things. And if you write it down, you have the opportunity to go back and revisit it. And you can really see what it is that you really want to say. And it's okay to have those feelings. 
but it doesn't mean that you got to share it all. You got to ease that thing. Because if you really value that relationship, that friendship, whatever, then you want to be a little nicer. If you're at work, mm. sometimes that somebody has sent something and you want to respond back. I say, oh, can you give me a call? Because I don't like emails after a certain point in time. Let's talk. Because things get lost. You know, um, another thing with the journal, you know, back in the day we had diaries and it had a little lock on them. If you feel like somebody's going to get into it and read your things, put a little lock on there. Go old school. You know, um, another option is I love my phone. I use the notes. So I'll put a note in. It's underneath a password. Um, so only I can get into it and things of that sort. But, um, you know, whatever it is, it helps you to be able to, again, get it out. Ah. Uh, Urban Avengers said she had said something to someone last week and they were offended and they haven't spoke to her since. She apologized, sent I love you emojis and dancers. I made it clear that it wasn't uh, the intention to offend. It was just an observation that they can be better next time. We are all growing and we all need help. And that is so important because sometimes we really do say stuff. We thought it over. We slept on that thing. We rewrote it 5 million, 11 times and they still receive it a different way. If that person values you, then they'll come back around. Right. If that, it could be that the season changed, or they always telling me something that I don't want to hear. I have a friend, one of my brothers, and I called him to get some advice. And when it was over, I was like, "You just still wasn't helpful." He was like, "That's because I'm not saying what you want to hear." I said, "I appreciate that you tell me that not what I want to hear, but the realness of it, like helping me take off my rose-colored glasses. That don't mean I liked it though. Sometimes I want to hear like, no, this is gonna be amazing." But sometimes it's not. And we need people in our lives that's going to keep it 100 with us. Because um, sometimes it's going to hurt. They're going to be like, no, they ain't right for you. No, you shouldn't do that. We need that. Because we're going to do the same thing to them. Because if you let me go outside, let me go back to my hat reference. You know, one of the um, scenes in Dreamgirls, they had the wigs on backwards and things of that sort. But if you let me go outside and I look a mess and you was just with me, like we both didn't look over like, yeah, we good. we that. And we get out there and they're like, do you know your shirt is inside out? Do you know? The leg is wrong. Do you know this is trailing you? And you wouldn't tell me. Now we got a problem. Jenna, you know? I also I also think that sometimes we don't realize that everybody in that current moment is not in a place to hear those things. We have to understand that sometimes when people get offended, it's not because we necessarily offended them. It's that right now they're not in a place that they can hear it or you know, and, 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 and that's the thing. We, we definitely impact people's feelings uh, and people's thoughts. But the truth is, we, if we're doing it, if we know that we're doing it in a loving, respectful way, we cannot be held responsible for someone else's receipt of it. You know, so if you've read that email five, six times and you sent it and you felt good about that, it is not your you know, like you should not be feeling bad because someone received it wrong because we are not responsible for the way people process and receive information. If we've done every our due diligence in trying to present it in a professional because I'm a very professional, uh, you know, as far as I know, as far as I know, very professional. I read my emails five, six times. But as a supervisor, when I send that email out. I don't know what place this per this person might be stressing out about the job and so they're going to receive it in a very different way than maybe the person next to me they're going to be like I, I didn't see anything wrong with it but the other person's freaking out like you always doing this you always doing it so we also have to understand some people are just in that place where they they're not going to receive it well 
And we can't continue to feel guilt and shame. You know, it, it, it takes two for an interaction, but they also have to, again, we can't read minds. They have to be really willing to bring that up. Listen, when you sent that email, this is how I felt about it. Well, give me a chance to clear myself up mm -hmm. and then do with that what you will. Mm. Let me jump in. Let me jump in that piece of um, though you've read it over, you can't control how they receive it because sometimes you're in a relationship and you tell them your breath stink. As nice as that could be. I mean, I offered you gum. I offered you mint. You kept telling me, no, it stinks. Please take it. That simple thing, I'm trying to help you. And sometimes people are really coming from that good place. They're really trying to help you, looking out for you. And then you're about to go try to get your man home with somebody. And they're like, no. And then you hear through the grapevine. They was like, it's breath stink. Her breath stink. Happy like I tried to tell you. But we also got to be careful with that part, too, of how like I tried to tell you. Because people don't want to hear that either. Like I told you so. You know, just let it ride. If that's the decision that they made, let them be great and amazing with that decision that they made you did your part you know you you did your part of what you could share so good but uh, what you had no i was just gonna say there's also that piece of like every every thought that you have doesn't deserve to come out of your mouth right or every observation or every thought that you have about what somebody else is doing is not necessarily for them to hear and so unless it is something that you're thinking that they are doing that's hurtful to them or that um, is is impacting you in a certain way, maybe it's not really needed for you to say it. Sometimes we just got to mind our business. Um, and people struggle with that. Um, I'm going to go back to Mary um, at first sight again for a quick second. It's a couple on your Clara and Ryan. And Clara is one to kind of like share what comes to her mind and things of that sort. And Ryan is more reserved. So he's like, you don't have to say everything all the time. Now, they just met each other and things that sort. But she felt like, no, is he trying to control me? No, he's trying to really help you. Because sometimes we're in the wrong situation and we do share what just came out of our mouths. And then we have to be prepared for that domino effect of what comes after me just letting it all hang out. So we want to be careful with that. Um, another piece that I want to share as you were sharing about, um, we go to somebody and we talk about something. Or we've had time to process something. And I was like, you know, really, I really don't like how she did it. I really don't like, you know, what she did, things of that sort. And then I go to the person to talk about it. Sometimes, one, if they're not sure what it is that you're talking about, that could, you know, cause a lag. And then it may be something that they need to process and really talk about before they respond to you. We have to allow people time to process some things. Um, I knew a friend, she was like, you know, I want to talk to the guy and make sure, like, everything is over. Like, you know, see if it could be a potential thing of that sort. I said, that's amazing. That's good. However, you've taken time to process this. You want to also allow them time to process it because at that moment, they may say yes, and they're really not wanting to get back with you. They may say no, and then they do want to get back with you, or they may not know. So allowing people time to process what you've already processed because they didn't, they probably wasn't even thinking about it. Like, oh, what? That was a problem for you? Okay, so let me think. What did I say? How can I say it better? It's a process. Ah, so good, so good. Let's see, what are they saying in the comments? Crystal said, everybody is not ready to change when we are. Absolutely. Nicole said, two people have told the same thing recently. Write it down. I'll, all right, write it down. I'm sending you a journal. You need a journal? Let me know. I'll send you one. Crystal said, think about it uh, through. Think it through before sending, but don't hold it for too long. Absolutely. Because sometimes we hold stuff, and then again, when you finally let it go, <laughs> 
It's like a whole bunch of bullets at one time. They're not ready. Mama Wanda said, thank you. Journaling has got me through. And it works. It works. Urban said, it was coming from a good place. It was set in love. Thanks, y'all, for my therapeutic session. I needed. I tell you, this is group therapy. We got you covered. Because that's it. We cannot control how they respond. So a good example. I'm a church girl. And I shared when I had my bishop, I had him on as a guest, he's apostle, um, pastor on, that he be stepping on my toes in my business all the time. It's not his intent to step on my toes. He's just sharing the information that's going to help me to be the most best version of me. But the way I receive it sometimes, I'm like, but that's not what I wanted to do. That's not how I wanted it to go. I, I told Jesus I didn't want it that way. It's the same thing, you know. His intention wasn't to be like, Jennifer, this is what you got to stop doing. Do that, do that, do that, do that. Sometimes there's a conviction too with something that we hear where it's like, oh, that's something I really do need to work on. Or like she said, Nicole said, that's the second time I heard it. This is the second time I heard that my breath stink. I must need to brush my teeth a little bit better, whatever it is, you know? So really having that together. So that's good stuff too. Mm. This is good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anybody got something before I ask my next question? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? They came ready tonight, y'all. Okay, so let's have a session. I'm going to give you some different scenarios, and you let me know whether or not I should potentially go to therapy or not. So my first one is, my husband, Marcus, works for me, and I feel like he sneaks off to be with his baby mama. Should I have therapy? Why? Go for well, it. I, I was going to say, there, there's, there's a couple things happening, right? So there could be some trust issues, right? Mm -hmm. um, there could be some communication issues and some inabilities to um, express your needs and expectations, right? Mm -hmm. But there could be some self-worth or self-confidence, self-image issues that might be happening that you might need to deal with individually and then come back to work on the couple stuff. So absolutely, mm -hmm. yes, you need therapy. So I took that from the movie, um, Why Did I Get Married, the first one. I think it was the first one. Second one. Either way, Marcus and that precious girl was going through a lot. If you saw the movie, you could see they gave some counseling. Now, again, it's healthy that they are communicating, but for some people, that's a bit too much. So you got to know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Okay, here go on, Trisha. My husband, Gavin, and I have been having trouble conceiving a baby. I feel like I can't talk to him about my frustrations. There have been two miscarriages. Okay. Definitely need some counseling for that. Um, because that's, first of all, those things are very emotional things. Mm -hmm. And even though we think that the other person may not understand or may not receive things well, we also have to understand they have experienced the same exact loss that I have. They have their own feelings mm -hmm. and they're afraid to share. Mm -hmm. The thing is, you need that, not mediator, but you need the buffer mm -hmm. to be able to release. This is this is the same incident for both of you. Mm -hmm. And it's not more important to one than the other. And they're very strong feelings to have. So yeah. you actually need someone to help you. So both of you to navigate those really tough feelings. Absolutely. And that comes from the same movie. Um, and if you saw the movie, then you see that um both 
um, people in that relationship were dealing with it in different ways, though. So because they weren't communicating, that caused a whole nother level of trouble because mm-hmm. um, they both were individually dealing with it. And sometimes you don't know what the other person is going through. And again, that's where that communication comes in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know it stinks. Um, it wasn't great. And there comes a time where you don't want to talk about it, but eventually you do because this is really big. You know, when you're both excited about having a baby, you have a miscarriage, you don't make it that far, that could be devastating, you know? So really having those people to that communication. And, and um, something else is some people mm-hmm. will have those feelings of, I don't want to be a burden to the other. Mm-hmm. But if both of you are having those feelings. You don't understand that they want you to, to lean on them because mm-hmm. they need to lean on you. But when we have that negative self-talk about if I, and, and again, it really bothers me, especially in our minority communities where we feel like having strong emotions or sad emotions, mm. that there's something wrong with that. It's mm. okay to be sad. It's okay to know? be sad. And if we can't lean on our partners, on our friends, on our family, then who can we lean on? So just because we tell ourselves that if I tell them it's going to be a burden, give them the adult opportunity to decide yes. that. Yes, yes, all right. All right, I'm, I'm going to throw a um, curveball out because I didn't tell you about this one, but I'm going to stick with the same movie. My husband, because we just had some snow, my husband, I couldn't fit on a plane. So they I had to drive up to the cabin where my, you know, the other couples were going. And um, my husband didn't come and ride with me in the car. He wanted to stay on the plane with some other girl. Should we get therapy? Definitely. <laughs> I, I don't want to answer as a therapist. I just want to answer as Tiff. I, I just want to, I just want to knock him upside the head. But, <laughs> And me being a big girl, me being a big girl, definitely. Yo, it was so much happening. I said, wait, and you know, they got the little meme going around. It was like, you know, Sheila could drive up the mountain and save her marriage. (laughs) Sheila shouldn't have drove up that mountain because it didn't work out. Um, But that shows you that like some therapy and some services are needed. Okay, I'm going to throw out another one. Um, This was not on my list either. I'm going to use some TV shows because I like that they show you what it really looks like. So Claire and Cliff Huxtable. Could they benefit from counseling and therapy? Yes. <laughs> I think everybody can benefit from therapy and counseling. Therapists need therapists. Psychiatrists need therapists. Everybody can benefit from therapy. Absolutely. I second that, Trisha. Absolutely. Everybody can benefit. And, and that's the key that we want you to know that anybody can benefit, you know, whether you feel like you definitely need it or don't need it. So another one was I've been experiencing mood swings and I'm not sure where they're coming from. You know, when we're feeling headaches and we're not sure where they're coming from, what do we do? We go to the doctor. If I'm having mood swings, that's my mental. I want to get that checked out. So I need to go see a professional to help me like, I don't know what's going on. (sighs) Or I've been feeling blue and having thoughts of harming myself. Do I need therapy? Heck yeah. Yes, absolutely. You probably need the ER. (laughs) Yes. So if I'm having thoughts of harming myself, very important. I had um, somebody actually... And sometimes people say that people post stuff on social media to be seen and things like that. But some people are really going through. Some people post stuff to be seen and they like showing off like they really keeping up with the Joneses when they really robbing Peter to pay ball. Um, but there's some people that really are showing their true authentic selves. Um, calling for help. They're calling for help. And one guy, you know, he had posted one time, you know, I need to talk to somebody who's some therapist. <laughs> I was in there like, here's some people. I was in the messenger sending messages as well. And sometimes people are crying out and they don't know how to cry out. That's a big part too. When we're talking about communication, sometimes you don't know what words to say. 
But the hope is that whoever it is on the other end of whatever it is you're trying to say, that they have the patience to really process with you and see through what you're talking about. Um, so again, if you're still unsure but have been considering it, um, seek a counselor for a couple sessions, um, for a checkup, for a friendship session, um, a mediator sometimes is needed. You know, when people are going uh, through a divorce, um, a, a mediator is needed because tensions are high sometimes. These are our emotions and feelings. We feel them. Um, so and we it wanna... doesn't make you weak. It, hmm? doesn't make, it doesn't make you weak. It yeah. doesn't make doesn't make it you there's nothing wrong with you yes everyone yes. needs help no man is an island unto himself mm. Mm. so wait a minute he need to go get a new man who you talking about she need to go get a new man yeah Sheila and Sheila did get a new man he worked at the store yes I'm not doing it all right so chosen friends <laughs> If you have any questions or any comments that you want to share, be sure to drop them in the comment section. Thank you so much for sharing um, thus far. Um, love and appreciate you all. Um, I'm going to turn it over to our counselors, our therapists now, to share with us some closing words. Because um, tonight ends our Finding Love Where You Are series. And my hope for this series was really that we will love ourselves first. You know, advocate for ourselves first. I was talking to a friend today and um, she was, you know, getting some support for somebody else. But then we started talking about her life and she was sharing how, um, yeah, sometimes I don't do that for me, but we're doing this for somebody else. We got to be able to take care of us because if we can't take care of us, we really won't be able to help somebody else. So we want to be able to really get what we need for ourselves. We want to love ourselves before we add somebody in. But, you know, we all have somebody else in. So we want to be able to find that balance of how can I still be true to me and still be that friend, still be that partner, still be that whatever to whoever else is in our circle. So the floor is yours. Who wants to go first? Um, I think for me, it, along the, the lines of what you were saying, the truth is, if we can't love ourselves and give ourselves what we need, not that nobody else will love us, we won't allow anybody else to love us. Because if we think these negative and heart-wrenching things about ourselves, if we talk to ourselves like we do out in the street or whatever, the truth is, it's not that nobody will love us. We're not going to allow it because we don't believe it about ourselves. So how is somebody telling you you're a beautiful woman? How are you going to believe that when you don't believe it for yourself? So the thing, you know, the, the whole thing is when you love you, you will put up with a lot less from other people that you don't deserve. So love you, so that when somebody does come to love you, you can accept it with a full heart. And then you can have that time, like Tiffany was saying, the time and energy to give them just as much as they're giving you. If somebody, if you feel like you're chasing someone or that you have to constantly, you know, be behind them looking for them, then you're not the one that they want. You, you want to be the choice, not the option. But you have to say that for yourself. Choose you not as an option, but as the choice and everything else will fall into place. Yeah. And I think too, um, you know, when you struggle with loving yourself, you're going to struggle with the boundaries and expectations and the, um, the things that you put up with. And so you're going to allow people to treat you any kind of way because you don't have any standard. You don't have any um, expectation. And so when people come into your life, they get to choose how they want to treat you and not based on what you have set forth, but based on what you don't set. 
And so loving yourself is the easiest way to allow someone else to come into your life and add to it and not subtract from it. Oh, yo, that was that was good. I like the recaps because they like really pull you all together. Like we then went to different ways of talking about different things, explore different things. But then that recap right there, catch it. I'm gonna post it on Thursday. This recap right here because that right there just pulled you all together. Like, okay, I gotta love me because if I don't know who I am, you know, if I don't know what I like, if I don't know my likes and gripes, how can I tell you what my likes and gripes are? You'll just be doing stuff, and I'll be like, oh, wait, I don't like that. You have to communicate. You have to be aware. You have to pay attention. Uh, and the thing is, we've all been hurt. We've all been hurt. Yes. We just can't live there. Mm. Because there is somebody that wants to heal that hurt. But you, again, you have to, you have to love you and say, that is done. Mm. That's not who I am now. That's who I may have been. But mm. that's not me now. My present is not my future. Mm. And my history is not my present. So we, have to, we have to learn to let go. We have to let go of the pain and heal ourselves so that we can be healed. You know, the funny part be when I be preparing for these segments, friends, the guests will be like, you know, do I have to have this? What's going to happen? Da, 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 da. They're nervous and things like that. And then they get on here and show off like this. Did you see how they just showed off? Just showed off. Oh. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I love it. That's I what happens when you love what you do. That, that's it. And when you love what you do, you know, it makes a difference. Um, funny story. So as a therapist, does this happen to you? If you tell somebody that you do therapy, that they start um, talking to you about their problems? Or sometimes you don't tell them you're a therapist, but somehow they like, it's like a dot on your head and they just feel like, oh, I can tell you all mine. Does that happen well, to you? Yes, but also I get the, I feel like I'm on the couch every time I talk to you. I'm like, really? I'm just being me. I'm just, just being, being me. me. <laughs> but you know, it's amazing that people feel that they can, um, you know, talk to you. And I count it an honor and privilege, even like to have these segments. I really take my time in identifying who the guests will be because I value, you know, who's going to be speaking into your life and things like that. So I want somebody that's going to really encourage you, uplift you. Um, Thankfully, we haven't had any duds so far. Um, so far, it's been like a smooth sell. So we're going to keep riding this wave. So thank you so very much, ladies, for joining me on tonight. Um, I don't see any questions. I do hear that um, you ladies are awesome. Thank you. Some clap it up. Stay clapping it up. Stay clapping it up. Some excellence. So yes, yes, yes. Thank you so, so very much um, for joining us. And I'm going to be in touch because... I want to talk about acrimony. I want to see if y'all really saw that because it's different things, you know, some red flags. I was like, oh, they can use this too. So, yes. Yeah. So, thank you again so very much thank for you. joining me on tonight. Tonight was our whew, What's Love Got to Do With It series. Oh, did y'all enjoy it? I sure did. Let me get over here. Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? Mm, bam. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, please don't forget our quote of the day. Forgiveness is the oil of all relationships, all relationships, okay? I came across an article today. I want to share it quickly. Um, there was five reasons to see a therapist. Number one, friends and family can't be your only outlet. Sometimes you need somebody else that's going to be able to really help you to see a different version, okay? Number two is self-care. Just as you take care of your personal, I'm sorry, your physical health, it's equally important to take care of your mental health. Unload all that heavy stuff. It's too much for you to carry alone. Seek somebody to help you handle that and talk through that. Number three, you can realize alternative perspectives. So as shared, therapy can widen your perspective. 
and provide you distance between you and that problem. Number four, you can find meaning. When you can contribute a sense of meaning to a difficult situation, the power of that problem is often diminished. I was given so much power so because this happened. You know, being able to talk and process and unpeel the layers of that onion, okay? And then number five, you discover new coping strategies. Therapy can help you discover new strategies to manage current and future problems. You know, um, learning and implementing, implementing these new strategies gives you confidence to believe you are in control of managing your problems. So regardless of whatever problem, whatever stressor or hardship you may be experiencing, everyone can benefit from seeing a therapist. Um, everybody can benefit from talking things out. You know, if you, so I say therapist, but if you have like that trusted friend, you know, that you feel that will give you that sound, good, good, you know, doctrine and things of that sort, by all means. But sometimes a therapist can definitely help you to navigate through some things, um, which leads me to, um, no, no, no. I want to also share that last week we talked about also having that accountability. Um, so as shared, I was talking to a friend that was trying to get some help for somebody else. And then I started saying, well, what, what you going to do for you? Checking on you. And what happened was I then started talking to her about some goals and dreams that she wants to accomplish. And sometimes we're so busy helping somebody else accomplish their goals, we forget about our goals. So we talked and I gave her some homework because she needs to work on those goals for herself. As much as she's helping somebody else, I want her to work on the goals for her. I don't want her to neglect her dreams. So this month's theme was how to love yourself where you are, whether you have a maid or not, love on you, advocate for you, fight for you. Thanks for joining Jen Cares powered by Chosen Podcast this week. Make sure to visit our website at chosencounselors.com. That's chosen with a Z. To follow us, stay in the know, and most of all, never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode as we specialize in bringing the community to you.